Are you ready? Welcome to the College Cheer Guide Podcast, preparing the next generation of aspiring collegiate cheerleaders. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the College Cheer Guides Podcast, where college cheer is life and we want to talk about it. My name's Sling Glover. My name is Maddie Uswa. My name is Mason Uswa. And, and we, we are, are the College, college Cheer Guides. Guides. Today, we have a very special guest, Jamal Niles, an OG in the cheerleading community with a plethora of experiences. As a coach, athlete, and judge, Jamal blesses his work with his lengthy knowledge and wisdom, and we are so excited to have him with us. So Jamal, tell us where you're from, your age, and your current roles in the cheerleading community. All right, awesome. Um, My name is Jamal Niles. Um, I am um, 34 years old. my current roles in the cheer community include um, I'm a coach right now um, at Cheer Athletics Columbus. I'm also a cheerleading coach at Olentangy Berlin High School. Um, this is my second year doing that position. Um, and as well, I am a cheerleading judge, um, both for Varsity All-Star. And then I also do the UCA um, events, including UCA College and UCA High School Nationals. Heck yeah. So, Jamal, you have an extensive cheer career. Tell us more about it and where you started. Yeah, so um, <laughs> my cheerleading uh, experience first started in high school um, in Pennsylvania. I went to Lower Marion High School and I kind of got into cheerleading in a weird spot. I was originally, like, you know, wanted to play football. My dream was to play football at Penn State. That was like a goal of mine. Interesting. Um, and for some reason, my football team was not very good in high school. So I decided to. Um, quit and you know I was like okay I'll do like you know some shot put discus stuff javelin when track season comes around mm-hmm. and this girl was like why don't you try cheerleading I was like cheerleading I was like I don't I don't want cheerleading <laughs> um, so I decided to go to cheerleading practice she's like all right we're gonna learn how to stunt my first first stunt was a walk-in cheer heck yeah and, like you know I was like learn how to do that I'm like and then since then um, was kind of been hooked I did high school for three years. Um, and then I did all star for, um, years there as well. Um, it was something I just like grew to love. Um, and, you know, going to UCA camp, I remember like seeing the staff's introductions and like just the demo skills that they do. So and sick. yeah, at that time, like, you know, they were staff from like Slippery Rock University, who was like a powerhouse in the cheer community at that time, University of Delaware, even like, um, being from the Northeast, like Villanova there. So like staff that just, were like just good stunners back then. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to do that. And that's kind of where um, I got into the whole cheerleading thing is that passion through Lower Marion State All-Stars and then um, also just going to the UCA camps as a high schooler. Sure. Yeah, that's crazy. So when when you got onto the high school cheer team, did you do UCA camp through all all three years? Like immediately yes. as you went through? Okay. Yeah, so I went to UCA camp um, outside Trails End is the camp name. Um, so a lot of people from the Northeast would probably know that name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the most popular camps. There's about 800 campers that go to these camps outdoors. So you're outdoors for four days straight in like 90 degrees sun. Yeah. Um, they put mats on the basketball courts. Like you're doing rotations between like cheer class and dance class and stunt class and there's co-ed class and or all these different things of just like nonstop grinding it out. So um, that was just something that I, I loved just learning more. 
So, Jamal, you cheered at Ohio State for your undergrad and then went to Bowling Green for grad school. How was your experience cheering at each of these schools and how are they different and what did you learn from each program? Yeah. Um, so I cheered at Ohio State for um, undergrad and I did five wonderful years at Ohio State. Um, at Ohio State, I mean, it, it really was just great. It was, it was amazing. Um, I loved everything about doing the community service events. Like um, at that time, we used to call them functions. Like mm-hmm. uh, we, yeah, we went <laughs> nice. to so many different um, functions like anytime uh, my first year coach um, Judy Bunting wanted somebody to do something it was like hey I need somebody at Patel in the morning I need this I need that we did so many events and um, Judy actually got a new role um, in the athletic department before retiring where she spread out the wealth of the community service that all the chillers were doing like because we had like 1500 hours of community service that we we're doing Whoa. And, like, the next that's closest, crazy yeah the next closest team was like in maybe the hundred like hours so like she went into that role and like sped up through athletics so that was something that was cool but those community service events are something that stands out to me and my time um being a cheerleader at Ohio State um obviously you know the whole student athlete thing is great too um I was a human nutrition major uh, with a minor in exercise um, science. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had a really big passion for just my, my science classes and math. That was kind of my thing. Like gotcha. I the English, I, I kind of stood away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that discipline you learned at Ohio State too with morning workouts and then going to practices and just kind of keeping that schedule life of a student athlete um, was something that really stood out to me. And obviously the game they experience at Ohio State is unlike any other. So Agreed. Um, football was cool. Um, I had really good football years and really good basketball years. So I got to go to um, a Rose Bowl. I got to go to a Sugar Bowl. I got to go to um, a Fiesta Bowl. And, nice. and for basketball, I got to my last game ever was cheering a Final Four. Wow, so, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. It was like a cool Final Four because it was like all the – like blue bloods were in there. Like you had Kentucky, Kansas, and then Louisville. And then we were the like once I feel like yeah, we, we, we made it that year against them, but yeah, yeah. it was a, such a cool experience. It was down in new Orleans. Um, so just getting to cheer for um, such good football and basketball years, it was like good stuff. I, I'm always thinking back to Ohio state. Just my favorite game ever was a basketball game, actually. Um, yeah. Playing Michigan, we were the number one seed in the tournament for the Big Ten. Um, and we ended up being the number one overall seed that year in the NCAA tournament. But first game we go to on Friday, we're down two points like to Michigan. And we're like literally like three seconds left in the game. Uh. Evan Turner like drains a um, like half court shot to like oh. win it. Um, and like, you know, just beating Michigan in anything is just such a yeah. rewarding feeling. So that was just, you know, one of the best game day experiences for me um, at you. Ohio State. Um, and then Bowling Green, great, great program. Um, for grad school, I had a lot of different options. Oops, sorry. <laughs> um, I had a lot of different options for grad school. So I was also thinking um, University of Delaware is an option where actually coach Ben Schreiber um, was the coach there. Um, and he was looking at recruiting me to come cheer for him there. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at Louisville also. So I was going to go more the NCA route and do like gym time Chrome at that time. And like, mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah. get some jumps to back back uh, from one of my all-star days. Um, and then Bowling Green was the other option. 
And it kind of came down to which grad school gave me the most money being from out of state, um, originally from New York City um, and Ohio State, you know, I, I had to pay out of state. Mm-hmm. So I was like just thinking financially, I started to think a little bit more conscious about that. So I picked Bowling Green as the program that I wanted to chair at because they ended up paying for my grad program. Nice. So, um, and then going to BG and learning from um, Anne-Marie King, David Clemens, both UCA college staffers. Um, it was great to just learn from them. And the small co-ed world is very different in the large sure. world. Like we have girls under pyramids and shoulder stands. Oh. And I'll tell you, the girls complain less than the boys on the <laughs> Oh, I bet they uh, yeah. do. <laughs> the girls are like just beasts under there. Like some of these girls are like, literally the girls they're holding are like same size as them, and they're just like, all right, we got this. Like, hey, let's go. So like the small court role is definitely different. Like throwing a double full basket with a girl that was five three, like and not a guy that's like similar in stature to me was definitely something to like you know learn but it was mm-hmm. such a good learning experience i will say to this day Emory king is like the best coach i've ever had mm-hmm. um she was so structured there was no real gray area in her coaching um it was just black and white and i really appreciated that from a coach um there was so much structure to the program and just everything we always said bg clean um had to be clean to be posted on social media it had to fit a certain uh, mold of what we decided like was going to be the BG way. Um, and I felt like that was the most prepared year I've ever had at national. So Interesting. I did five years on the national floor at Ohio state and then one year at Bowling Green, but we do full outs in our warmups um, at BG. So okay. like, we do all our warmup stuff. And then the last thing we do before we go to the floor is a full out, which I oh, felt wow. like that actually helped my endurance and just like, I was just like, I got this. Like we've done this routine so many times. Mm-hmm. So like, I was not worried, but every time, like I'll say my five years of Ohio State, I feel like, okay, like I feel pretty confident about my skills, but I don't know if I trusted every single other person on the team. And that, that's right. something I wish like we did maybe just a little more drilling and just getting down to it now. I know obviously that's changed a lot now at Ohio State. I just feel like overall the culture and just looking at the skills that you guys do now, it's like, awesome to see where the program's going. Um, so that was like kind of the biggest difference for me. It was just like, I love my entire experience at Ohio State. I love my experience at BG, but just when it came down to that nationals part, I feel like at BG, we just kind of had a better like structure to get to that finished product where if something went wrong in finals or like we just knew it was kind of a fluke. So sure. Yeah. And tell me, tell me more about the, transition for going to like grad school like the recruitment process there for um like that switch yeah so um going into grad school so there was i feel like i was i I say with the memphis team that was the five-year role i said Mm -hmm. i was kind of part of that five-year role um because a lot of those guys who had cheered at all these um, programs that have been college staffers from Kentucky and Morgan and they made that super team at Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, like I obviously wasn't on that team, but I always joke that I was part of that transition because looking at grad school, I was like, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll maybe cheer. I wanted to cheer over my years, but they actually made that rule where you could only cheer five years in college, but it got grandfathered mm-hmm. in. So I got to cheer a six year of nationals. Nice. Um, my first year of grad school. And that's kind of what my transition in from, um, being an athlete to a volunteer coach my first year, uh, my last year, I guess, of grad school um, happened. Um, but that recruiting process looked like, um, I mean, a lot of coaches were just interested in you. They saw kind of what you did um, in your undergrad years. Um, some of the masks for tapes, like of other things, if you like had that. Um, and then they just 
would give you offers of like, hey, you'll be on the team, even though they have like tryouts or whatever, it just kind of guaranteeing you a spot. Like it's like little, like even before I went there, I was knew like what team I would be on, like Lucky sure. and Chrome, like, and I was like excited about that. And that's kind of where my head was leading until BG sent me this, oh, we're going to actually pay for your academic part of it. And I was like, okay, so my uh, nutrition program is going to pay for this. I guess I'm going there because I didn't want to be like, you know, further in depth. So that's sure. kind of where that part switched. And besides just thinking cheer, because even when I applied for undergrad, all my schools were not cheerleading related. Like I applied to 12 schools for undergrad. Gotcha. Um, six were for cheer, six were not. So to think about if I went to a school where I did not cheer, like where my life would be right now, it's, it's just crazy to think. But I'm glad I picked um, Ohio State because I'll tell you my first time on campus was actually for orientation. I didn't, I didn't do a college visit. Mm-hmm. I did visit to a lot of my other schools, but Ohio State did it. Um, and I flew into Columbus on the eve of 4th of July and it was like red, white, and boom, like fireworks were happening. Like, yeah, they down. still do that. Like, oh, yeah, it still happens. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I'm like, I feel like they're doing fireworks for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was such a cool experience. And like, I remember walking around campus in the football stadium for the first time and it just like felt like home and like, yeah, definitely some of the best years that I had at Ohio State for sure, those five years. We want to bring you a quick message from our sponsors, Fraction Social Pro. We're excited to announce the launch of Fraction Social Pro, a first-of-its-kind national social media staffing company. Need social support but don't want to outsource to any agency? Hire an embedded or remote fractional social media pro that reports directly to you. Looking for top talent to hire direct? Their team knows the social media space and can help you create a job description, recruit, and place full-time social media staff to make your life easier and ensure the very best placement. So tell us a little bit about what you think has changed the most in the cheer community in all-star cheerleading and college. Okay. Um, I'll start first with all-star. I think the biggest thing that's changed with all-star is there's too many divisions. <laughs> um, yeah, like I would back, have to agree yeah, with yeah. that. <laughs> back when I cheered, there were only like advanced, like there were like three divisions. It's like called advanced, intermediate, or and like like I don't remember what the names were, but it was like three, and like everybody competed. So if you're um, <laughs> if you're on advanced, um, if you're on advanced, you literally had teams that had tons of holes. Um, and then some people who had tucks, some who had layouts, you're just kind of everybody was at the hodgepodge of the levels now. Yeah. Um, but then you had squads that were like advanced with like two folds and then the rest had maybe one advanced with tuck or some like specialties passes really weren't mm-hmm. as prominent like back then. I'm showing my age, um, <laughs> but it was just a different time. Like it was just cool to just go against everyone and just like, you know, the creativity part was like, I think a bigger thing um, back there. I know there still are some programs that keep the difficulty with the creativity as well um, right now. And, you know, Top Gun Large Go Ahead, I feel yeah. like does a good job at meshing those things well still. Um, but I feel like it just was cool to be against like so many more teams and just like really be like a true like national champion. But now I feel like it's just like so spread out their divisions um, and competitions where there's one team and you're a national champion. Like, right. and it's like, really? Like, I feel like you should like maybe try to have to like meet a certain score to like 
get that national champion yeah. like title for that. Maybe yeah. I mean, even since yeah. even yeah. since I was in All Star, level five was level five when I was in All Star. Yeah, now they got six, now yeah, six. Right yeah. I was even like, my first year at Worlds, I remember it was. All you had was small, medium, large, large. and then all girl co ed. And then the international stuff was yeah. all like the USA and. Trial. Like, yeah, but it was just like all the, yeah, but it was like a lot less international divisions. And now it's like small international open plus something. Yeah, so it's all that stuff. It's like called like a different, like it's like just the words switch one way and it's like yeah. a whole different division. It's like, huh. So <laughs> do you think that they are doing that to be more inclusive and help smaller gyms? be able to compete or do you think it's more of they're trying to make some more money at, huh. you know with the competition because obviously the more divisions you have the more teams that are going to come yeah. the more money you're going to make yeah i feel like but even with the bigger divisions with just like smaller like you know just the three divisions i feel like there was a place to compete and like even as a smaller like gym back then like i feel like we competed with some of the teams that went to worlds even though we're a level five team and we had maybe like six fulls out of the 28 people on the team. But like there were teams of like 14 and they were like just areas we beat them in. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I like having that competition and figuring out where you can on a score sheet, you know, play well versus just making room for everyone. And mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily a money grab. I know people always say that about varsity. And I don't think that necessarily is the case. I think they're trying to find a way to include more people, but I think, having bigger like smaller like division sizes uh, but like more teams in those divisions are you can still have um something not everyone needs to be a winner and i think that's kind of where that is kind of yeah. came from is well, like there's i think so that, many people want to be like i i like to go to a competition but i necessarily don't want to go to that competition unless i know i'm going to win that competition yeah so well you see all the memes like after worlds like of non-cheerleaders and they're like yeah. why did 20 teams why are yeah, 20 yeah. teams world, world champions, champions yeah. and that's like kind of annoying uh -huh. because they don't understand but at the same time like they are kind of right yeah. like why is there 20 world champions mm -hmm. there shouldn't be i mean the first world championship ever and uh i want to say it was 2004 there was just all girl go ahead no yeah. sizes no anything i remember like the teams that won that year like pretty sure 04 was my my cheer history i'm really good about this stuff I'm pretty sure it's Maryland twisters won um in all girl and then um a team that's no longer around miami elite like won in co-ed yeah and like those two teams i remember those routines are like very i can still probably sing the music in my head because they were just like groundbreaking it's like those were the champions now world just happened this past weekend i, I can't tell you who won half of the divisions even though i followed yeah. it pretty much all weekend watching um flow chair and such but i don't remember because there's just so much yeah <laughs> yeah no the most annoying i hate non-tumbling divisions yeah. i don't see a point in that at all like if you're not going to tumble uh -huh. then why are you even competing like there's but you, you should see, have a team I, of tumblers yeah i i, I don't necessarily agree there i feel like it should be a division necessarily i don't know if it should be at the world championship but i do think that there is a place for it maybe mm. it's, even if it's summit or something but i do think there is a place for those athletes like they're plenty of athletes that you know just struggle with tumbling but they're good stunners like you know and it's like um and even like programs like stunt in college now mm. like I yeah think, i think that's very interesting that's like kind of on the rise yes. now it's definitely on the rise. And I think, you know, there is the, the jumps and tumbling section of stunt, but like 
coaches can be very strategic in the way they recruit um, to get athletes that you're going to fulfill those level one through six routines for t- jumps and tumbling. But most of the other things are, like, you know, you're stunting things. So you're going to do baskets and pyramids. You're going to do the stunting. Like you need to have, I feel like more of the score sheet is usually built for people that stunt and build. So I don't have a problem with the non-tumble division. Um, I mean, sure, it's at Worlds right now. And I'm like, that's fine. I just don't know like the big thing i know people are saying it shouldn't be a division at all but i'm like i think there is room for it yeah so talking about stunts so i think bowling green would do very well if they did an all-girl stunt yeah i we actually competed stunt so when i um was the coach at bowling green um 2014 it was the last year i think we competed um stunt but 12 um, 13, 14, they competed in stunt. They went down to the actual stunt nationals where um, it was Oklahoma State was there, Louisville, us, and I think it was um, Georgia Southern. Uh, how do I remember that? Don't ask me. <laughs> um, I remember all my cheer history. But we went down there and we competed very well against, you know, two NCAA programs that have had long history of, like, traditional, like, all-girl um programs and yeah. just like competing at the NCAA like nationals. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, we had competed against Louisville actually prior that year um, at Midwest Shirley in Westchester. We had a meet where we both met up and drove there and we competed very well there. So the first yeah. match, um, I think Louisville won by three and the second one went into overtime and like they kept going round and round. Yeah. And one of the rounds that we won previously, like, and we won both in the first match and in the second match, when it got to overtime, they awarded it to Louisville. And I remember being like, as a coach, not very happy about it, but you know, you have to yeah. be like professional about it. I'm like, there's no way. Like, I, I just remember the girl landing. I think I coached with a girl now at Cheer Athletics um, who was on Louisville at that time. And she said, there's no way we should have won that match. Like she straight up said it. She said that girl landed her full and like literally bounced back and our girl she was from Michigan. Like, Michigan, if you ever watch Michigan high school cheerleading, it's weird. Like, they do, like, no music. They sing their, like, words and stuff, and it's, like, all sharp motions. Mm-hmm. She had the most textbook full and, like, would literally stick it every single time. And she stuck it, and everything else in that routine was perfect. And they awarded it to Louisville with a girl who landed her full and, like, took five steps back. We we're like, what happened? And then we got down to nationals. We're competing against Oklahoma State. The score is 30, like 31 or something. Um, like Oklahoma State gets the one point. We go into overtime again. Around that we won previously in tumbling, they gave to Oklahoma State, even though the technique was probably even better um, on that side there. So it was just like, I mean, in cheerleading, you're always going to have instances where people don't agree with the judges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens and stuff. But like we did very well at study. You know, if, you, if I talked about earlier about BG having that BG clean, like, and that's something like stunt. You need to just have everything needs to be perfect to that count to that. Yeah, like if your feet are glued to the ground, if you're a base in your stunts, like tumbling needs to stick and stand. Um, yeah, so I feel like stunt. I I, I would love for BG to go back to being in the stunt world. Um, yeah, I think that's a good platform and still keep the maybe all yes. game day. Yeah, and small co-ed obviously traditional, into, yeah, and then jump into. Going back into the stuff, yeah. like make your season a little long because like nationals for stunt is like happening. You didn't it yet? It, like, it's happening now. Yeah. So yeah. Shout out. Honestly, shout out to the all the stunt teams and Akron tumbling. Yeah. I love. I love watching it. I love watching them as well. Um, I think it's an also like a great way to 
kind of put together like the gymnastic abilities and stunt all together and still support like the powerhouses of all girl. And also I, you mentioned something about when they're the Louisville and you guys are going like back to back and we're doing like different sections. It reminds me of the Vegas competition that just happened. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, where they had those few teams invited uh-huh. and they did those different sections oh, and cool. they had to be kind of fun and comedic to like bring that creativity aspect. Yeah. I feel like they should bring that to more competitions because while that was aired, it also had like, you know, some fame. I think they had like Megan Trainer there perform oh, or like yeah. some, it was just like a whole event rather than like just cheerleading competitions where I know like, you know, a lot of people will bring friends and family and they get really confused at times, but something like that, I think brings like a performance esque aspect and inter- performance and entertainment together where it's like, Oh, look at all this oh, funny yeah. stuff happening and, and all that. So I really like that competition. Tyler, if yeah. you're listening, you should think about it. <laughs> <laughs> the cool thing about stuff too, I don't know if you've seen a match. It's literally like there's a center mat and then there's like one squad here, one squad here, and they're both going at the same time. Mm. So it's like you're doing. Like, it's so, the same routine. So it's the yeah, same exact so routine. Let me say they call stunt four, and like as the stunts go up, they get harder. So mm. like when it gets to six, it's like more of your like super collegiate like skills. Mm. So it's usually just one group versus one group. So it's like the pressure's on, but like you're literally on the floor opposite each other. One squad has four mats here, one has four. Like the team standing right here, the team standing right there. So they're literally going at the same time expected to execute the same skills like it interesting who does it with better technique so yeah. yeah i think bowling green girls would be a force to be reckoned with a hundred percent yeah i think i definitely showcases like everyone kind of looks for like all that big well like lar like all while all girl is very popular and co-ed i think it shows the strength of all girl and really yeah. like just puts everything on the mat for sure all girl and all day all girl all day that's what's up um, so when you were a coach, tell me about what you looked for the most in when you were recruiting athletes. Yeah. So um, when I was recruiting athletes, obviously, you know, you want to get skilled athletes. But one of the biggest things I did was go on social media first and check to make sure that they were in good standing on social mm. media. Um, I would also make sure that, you know, they turned in grades. I would ask recommendations from their current coaches mm-hmm. um, about them and just kind of see like what kind of person they were to the program um because the people that are coaching them currently are always going to give you the best like you know advice there and like that was something i always lean well on um you also looked at their interactions at clinics um where they're nervous shy like and it's okay to be like nervous or shy and like come out of your shell because i've seen some of the best athletes like you know at clinics they just get very tense and stressed um right they, they just don't have that necessarily people skills yet um but like that's something as a coach that you can help them develop when they get to the collegiate level um but i think just the biggest thing was just looking at um skills like obviously and then talking to the coaches about just them as people and then obviously grades because school colleges and high school is very different Mm -hmm. some people don't realize that that you know it takes a lot different like, you know, study habits in college. And I just want to make sure that if they're not doing necessarily well at the high school level, then they're probably not going to do well um, at the collegiate level, even with the wealth of resources that you have with, you know, I know at Ohio State, like you go to young, like get tutors, all that such. Yeah. Like it's, you could still fall behind if you're not, 
used to like getting good grades in high school. So I feel like you definitely need to recruit someone who's already in that student part. And then obviously as an athlete, someone who has like a room to like grow, um, and just with that potential, um, I look for people obviously with more potential. It, it was different, like especially being in Bowling Green. Um, obviously, everyone in Ohio wants to cheer at Ohio State. Like it's like I want to cheer Ohio State, I want to try to stay. But it's yeah. Mm-hmm. But but it was nice that we had um, the all girl program, and mm-hmm. not a lot of the colleges in um, town, especially the bigger ones, have all girl programs. So it was kind of like, let you guys fight over those girls that want to be co-ed, co-ed, co-ed only. Um, so it was like a really nice to just be able to recruit most of the powerhouse all girl people from, um, we got a lot from Pennsylvania, Illinois, um, we got Michigan and then mm-hmm. obviously those from Ohio. For some reason, we didn't get much from Indiana. I feel like they all went to Indiana or Purdue, but we always skipped over and got a lot of, quite a few recruits from Illinois. Um, so, Again, it was just like I always looked at uh, I'm big at watching um, just competitions and such. Like as a coach, I went down to Worlds. Um, yeah. I had my um, recruiting like, you know, card thing. It had all the information about Bowling Green, what programs we offer, right. what we did that. I was looking at teams like yeah, I gave that out. High school nationals. I, t- I took a couple of years off of judging just because I wanted to be able to recruit. So like, I was out on the football field making sure. I was talking to, you know, people from all sorts of different schools, not just Ohio. I want to get people coming to BG from all sorts of different states. Um, so and I, I obviously, like, <laughs> Mason will know, like I, I watch and know a lot of just cheerleading in general. Um, so I knew what house high schools were, the powerhouse high schools like back then. Like I know I say as a boy coming from Blackman, I remember mm-hmm. Blackman before they were the powerhouse and Sparkman was the powerhouse and small co-ed. And I was like trying to get boys from there. Like, you know, so it's always just being on the radar and knowing what schools are powerhouses, what all-star programs are powerhouses and making sure you get your name out there. And, you know, obviously, BG, it's a D1 school, but it's not one of the bigger D1 schools. So you sure. really had to like be a little more aggressive. Whereas some of the bigger schools like Ohio State, like, you know, Kentucky, like they need to name themselves itself. So it's like, right. you know, you have to mm-hmm. have the skill and talent to be there, but it's not necessarily like uh, as a coach, you can pull and recruit like but that. But for the most part, those really talented kids are coming to your clinics anyway. So, yeah. yeah. So what's the best advice you have for high school athletes that are tradi- transitioning into the collegiate level? Oh, yeah. Um, so the biggest thing I have for them is to go to as many clinics as possible. Um, get your name out there. Um, it's Even if you want, you're set on, I want to cheer at one or two schools, go to as many clinics to get experience with as many different boys and girls like stunting as possible. Um, I think that helps you become a better um, cheerleader overall. Um, and I think when you send in things like your skills tapes and such, make sure the email is like coming from yourself. Mm. Um, so like don't have your parents like making that contact with the coach. Like I always just say, you be the one that's going to do that and make sure you're like proofreading uh, those emails. That's yeah. a big, big thing is that, um, you know, just, just make sure you proofread those emails. And when you're doing recruitment tapes, like try to maybe do your t- your tapes in like neutral like shirts and such because like if you're sending your tape to the you know, University of Tennessee and like you've been wearing all Ohio State stuff in your video then it's like comes off as really does she really want to go here or yeah. are we kind of her like backup school so mm-hmm. that's kind of an easy way to like make sure your skills 
fit and you can send it to the schools you're all interested in. Um, and just make sure that whatever you're sending in your tape is clean. Um, you want to try to like send that polished image right away. Don't send a skill that you maybe just hit for the first time and the guy looks like you barely caught it. I think that's something I've seen a lot with now the Instagram like dot cheer pages. There's mm-hmm. so many of them that pop up um, and I see it's like put things on there that, you know, are going to actually be presentable to the coach and it's something that looks like it's sound technique. Um, don't sure. just put things that you think you see your other friends doing and you think, okay, I need to do that as well. Like make sure you're working through the progressions and that you're doing them well because the coach is going to be able to see if you can pass those progressions. Cause I, I've, I've seen like University of West Georgia, I think there are some, both their all girl and co ed team are some of the, the best like programs. And I've seen stories about girls that tried out with just a full up as a base and like they're able to do back handspring doubles because the coach saw potential in them and mm. it's because they did it with sound technique so they're like okay i can work with this kid to make sure that they're better um but not necessarily trying to do a back handspring full up and it's like barely caught like you know at chest level mm-hmm. um so just just show what you can do well on sure videos, so. interesting yeah. yeah something i also found very interesting about like high school because coming from all-star i had no clue of any (laughs) high school cheer team like at all like none literally none except for like a few all-girl teams in miami but um something that i like now that's starting to come out more in all-star cheer is like they're making unassisted front handspring ups legal and like uh i heard that um rewind unassisted to anything qp or pull through stretch any body position is getting uh legal now so i'm Coming from All-Star, I felt like I was a little behind in like, you know, yeah. elite back handsing ups or for handsing ups just because all we did was QPs and folds. But mm-hmm. for you All-Star cheerleaders, don't worry. If you want to commit to All-Star, those things will come out now. But yeah. I'm glad that high school cheer really, you know, gets those progressions, whereas you stay with your IMEs for All-Star and yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to judging, mm-hmm. what are the rules that you need to follow as a judge and what rules do you think should be put into place or taken out of the rule book? Sure. It's <laughs> a loaded question. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously a lot of rules that we have to follow and just, um, we do a lot of extensive like training, especially uh, on the all-star side. We do, you know, so many videos we have to watch and like pass the test at a certain percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it comes to like UCA um, judging and school cheer judging in general, um, we watch lots of videos to make sure we're updated on what the changes are on the score sheet, um, rule changes for the year, um, and just skill changes, like in general, like what they should be. I think the high school, UCA high school does a good job at at least the progression chart, like they have for stunting, they have kind of what's like super elite, elite, like advanced. I mean, like there's all those, like, so you kind of know where to put your, like points when you're judging it's not necessarily that they have like super elite scores in this range, but it just knows like, okay, they did um, next year's back entry folks are going to be legal for us, yeah. which is going to be exciting. Uh, but Elite skill would be like obviously probably like a back handspring up to immediate, and then you go down like back handspring up to two feet. Um, so then it gives you kind of a range of where you want to be as a judge. And say you score that first super elite team in the nine range, like you just gotta make sure you stay within um, those specific um, numbers. Uh, and that's kind of something that you know you just learn through the different training. So um, with all star, they have 
options like they usually fly you um well you, you pay for the flight to go to a training down in like atlanta or they do it in new orleans i think i don't know what this year is going to be but last year i think it was down in atlanta mm-hmm. and then high school um it's mostly online for that training um but they do a lot of just you know refreshers on kind of what the big things are changing um we have judges that are rules judges you have tumbling judges then you have obviously your stud judges and then judges that do more of the chair mm-hmm. and the people that have been in those sections are usually experts in those sections because that's the section they really like to judge sure. um so you kind of know what to look for um and you have like previous years of experience of kind of just oh this i know what a good cheer looks like i know what good tumbling technique and formations and such looks like because you kind of if you're tumbling out of baskets like you're also overall like looking at the formation and spacing so mm-hmm. there's just like specific judging um things and it's a little more i'm talking about the school side right now and then obviously all-star um is i think the covid year was a hard thing for a lot of people because a lot of people realized they like their free time in the summer and such so there was a big turnover with judges um especially in the all-star industry i want to say during the covid year um so there's a lot of newer judges that um, you know, because even like when I judge, I used to pretty much know a lot of people on the judging stand. And now it's like, I don't know who half of these people, um, just because, you know, they're new to the, um, you know, judging game and like they're doing a good job at it. But it's just like, I feel like some of them is just like, you used to see people that were out there for 20 years that, you know, been judging since I was in high school. Like, yeah. so like it was like when I was a competitor and now to like, a, like a coworker, so like, and then now they just kind of decided to move on from things since that COVID year. So that's been a big change. Um, and then, yeah, I'm moving right with the rest of this question. <laughs> um, tell me, tell me any rules that you would like to be put into place, put into place. or things that you necessarily don't like and should be taken out. Uh, and I also will say, big thing for um, both judging high school and all-star there's a big thing about conflict of interest obviously so if you're judging any divisions where you know um you did choreography for a team or um, necessarily you're maybe a a member of the team or you're a coach of the team at some point they really do a really good job about trying to make sure that you're not judging that division affiliated with that division at all Mm -hmm. um so they try to keep you away from that so i think that's really big there um i'm trying to think it's really not any rules. I think that like you're talking specific rules, like maybe like that we have as judges or like rules in the cheerleading world. I think more rules in the cheerleading world. Okay. Um, I mean, I just wish they for baskets for me, at least I, I, when they switched the basket role that for all girls, like, um, being able to only do certain restricted skills just because there are girls throwing them. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that was a rule. I was like, I don't get the point of that. Like, I've had my girls compete, like, at BG, like, we did pike open doubles on all girl and, like, mm-hmm. Arabia one and a half on, like, Damn. all girl. And, like, it was probably sometimes less scary than on boys sometimes. Sure. So, like, I'm like, I don't see the reason why that was a change or, like, when small co ed needed to have. A boy position in a certain spot um and like now like the rules that i don't know like the, the basket safety um i didn't think it was I, at least on my side of like coaching and just like being a part of i said i didn't see many injuries from baskets so i don't know why the rule changed there maybe in certain part of the state mm-hmm. um they saw more 
um, injuries with baskets. Um, and that's maybe what led them to do that. But I think it's always, for the most part, when you see rule changes, it's usually to prevent um, injuries. So like when high schools took out double downs, that was one of the main reasons of like concussions and such. And that's when the whole concussion protocol and like concussions in the media became such a big thing. So I think like uh, varsity and just like USA like cheer um, or it might've been ACA at the time. I don't know, we, we switch rules <laughs> companies all the time. So yeah. I never can keep up, but uh, ACA I think decides to make that change. Um, to like no double downs. And I, I thought that was a great role because teaching double downs at camp were some of the scariest things <laughs> yeah. um, Especially in the summer, you know, you've been off for like quite a while since basketball season, or those who don't cheer basketball, don't cheer, they only cheer football. Like they've been off for like six months and they're like trying to like do a double down, you just demoed in stunt class. And it's like, wait, your full down wasn't even good. Like, let's make sure we're going back and doing progression. You don't have to do every stunt that we do in class. So I think, you know, with the rule changes, I just kind of follow it. Like, uh, there's nothing really I ever feel, besides the basket one, I think that's one in the last, like, 15 years that I was just like, why can't they do baskets too? Like, I'm like, there's there's no reason they, they can't do it. I've seen some awesome, like, girls that have been like, there's some really good baskets. So I'm like, why not let them do it? Yeah. So. And tell me, tell me, what do you, what do you think about all the placements this year with, I mean, any, any division, tell me about your thoughts on, on all the placements. Yeah. Um, UCA specific college. Yeah. UCA specific. Oh, sorry, UCA, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I agree. I feel like most of the divisions, it, it shook out to who hit the mm-hmm. cleaner routine. And that's kind of what it's kind of come down to a lot of times in these divisions at UCA. Uh, there are some divisions, obviously there are multiple teams that hit, and then it comes down to those stems of things of like, who had more tumblers like in there for your tumbling score, um, who had the better like technique is technique is also lumped into that score for tumbling and for baskets. So it's just kind of who did more in the divisions where you had people that hit harder. Um, I think for like co-ed 1A, like I, I mean, I agree with the like placements like there. I think mm-hmm. I have been obviously judging division because Ohio State's uh, a member there. Um, but I, I thought, the judges did a good job there if mm-hmm. what I saw. And I watched the entire division um, from the stands and it was like, yeah, it was kind of like everyone's yeah. game that that night. It was intense, like night of competition. And in all girl, we saw a team qualifying seventh end up winning. Um, so they literally went from the seventh spot, like last team to qualify to winning the D1A championship just because they were able to execute their routine mm-hmm. um, to the best of their ability in finals. And um, that fresh slate in finals that you see, I think is a really cool um, thing. It gives you like that fire that, you know, in all sorry, there's that 25, 75. Sometimes you feel like defeated if you had a bad day one. Mm-hmm. And even if the highest percentage that you can't really pull out of it. So um, having that fresh slate, it's like, all right, game on. It's anybody's game. Like, maybe we had a rough day one. Let's do it on day two. So, um, and I feel like the teams that executed the best on day two, like, the judges awarded the points the way they should have been done. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, talking about UCA and divisions, yeah. what is your favorite division? And then also, how do you feel about the new game day program division? Oh, yeah. So, my um, UCA, who I will say, I mean, the, the, Rivalry between Moorhead um, All Girl and West Georgia All Girl and All Girl One has been something that I think everyone wants to see. Like, mm-hmm. if you're one A, if you're um, in you know Division 
like GWL, whatever it is, like everyone wants to see that division because it's just so competitive. Like they're two powerhouses. A lot of those athletes are usually on the U.S. all-girl premier team too. So it's like, there's just a lot of like history. Like they end up working together later, three months later in the year. Uh, but then those months, like you just don't know, like they're going to put out some crazy routines. And like there's other teams in that division that have had great routines too and like have just as much potential to knock them all. I mean, Sacred Hearts won that division um, in recent years, so it's not always there. Eastern Kentucky is usually a team that's a like, powerhouse in there and it's just like, you know, putting on some good skills. Like I saw University of Rhode Island this year, like mm-hmm. they were throwing like so many fulls and I was like, wow, like it was just so cool to see like that division grow. Because um, obviously, I mean, 1A, like Sunday night at Nationals is like, UCA, it's like, it's the time. Like, that's the place you want to be is like, well, obviously watching the 1A division finals. But I think All-Girl 1 is just right there with 1A now. And that necessarily wasn't the case in years past because more and West Georgia were separate divisions. And then when they put them together and like knowing like, you know, they eat, sleep, breathe, cheer down there, yeah. both of those schools, it, it was cool. And they've been pushing each other and like doing skills that have never been done in All-Girl before. So it's just so cool to see that. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously you can tell I love all girl. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I will say again, Sunday night, one, a, if you've never been down there, like probably the second coolest competition I've been to besides ICU, ICU is a experience like no other. So if you ever get to go to worlds and you can get there early and watch the ICU competition with like team USA and like Canada yelling their cheer as loud and like, but still, all those countries just being so prideful of what they put out on the floor, it's what, the loudest competition I've ever been to in huh, my life. So yeah. if you get a chance, go to ICU. So Yeah, I remember watching West Georgia warm up on the baseball field yeah. this past year, and they had the <laughs> cleanest. I'd never seen an all-girl group do a back handspring double, double up, up, and it was the cleanest <laughs> stunt that I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, to a T, absolutely perfect. perfect. Yep catch at the top like and then yeah you have more at here doing round off full twisting rewinds to the top like it's all girl it's like yeah like some of these skills like, i think back when i was in college like all girl teams like we're still just doing maybe you know straight back answering ups and rewind was like starting to become a thing i mean hand-to-hands were like becoming a thing like towards the end of my college like career like 10 years ago so it, like just seeing the growth of how fast it's moved it's been awesome just to see like how the girls can do the same thing the boys can do so yeah that's awesome i agree yeah so what as a judge do you think separates the elite winning teams from first and second place and what do you look for in teams and major critiques that you have yeah the thing that separates first and second place is obviously I think attention to detail. Um, so usually first and second place teams are doing similar skills, uh, but what really separates them again is just kind of, you can see who paid attention to certain sections more just to make it that much cleaner, that much more impactful. And I feel like even at UC now, like you think at NCAA college nationals, you always think, oh, that's where we see our flashy and like creative, like, you know, just, you know, elements and pyramid more but uca a lot of these schools have started amping that up with the difficulty you always always think uca difficulty and ca is like yeah, they do difficult things but it's more 
of the Flash, but yeah, it's more like it's like All Star and college cheer like combined. Combined, yeah. But UCS goes and amped it up, and it's like they're doing really hard things, but they're also giving work to the visuals and attention to just what's going on in the routine. And I think that's how you separate your winners. Like, like you can clearly tell a team that is focused on in your tumbling, like you need to land, get your chest up, or like you just need to make sure that the, the formation had just more attention to like when you did things, like when you stood up, when you walked to the next spot, like just, or if they had something that was just making it different than what that second place team was. Um, or And in stunts, maybe they just had some more elements in their stunt sequence that were creative, like entries and dismounts um, to make it, you know, difficulty obviously matters, but difficulty and execution are two separate things on the score sheet. So an execution is definitely weighted more heavily, um, but there obviously is a section for the tumbling and overall judge to have the creativity part two in there. So there's quite a few things you can look at. And like the score sheet, I, I was just encourage coaches to like become an expert at the score sheet. Like that's something that if the score sheet ever changes, like it always does an all-star, I am studying it to make sure that I, my squad is going to be able to put out the best routine to that score sheet. Mm -hmm. So that's always the biggest thing is like, if a score sheet is more, is as heavily weighted on execution, make sure you're putting out clean, clean skills. If a score sheet is based more on difficulty and like you can maybe get away with some execution things, but obviously you want to put your team out there successful and want them to hit, like put things in there that, you know, they can hit, but like can hit some more creative, like, you know, things in there. So mm -hmm. it's just always just, I guess, know the score sheet um, is the biggest thing there. Um, and then I guess you yeah, had major critiques. I would say, I, I feel like tumbling is something I can, I can tell a lot of programs don't focus on. Um, at the collegiate level and this year, especially being a tumbling and baskets and overall judge, I could tell some teams were just like, we want to get our stunts like, you know, as clean as possible and tumbling is like, oh yeah, it's only like five points or whatever it is. But like <laughs> those five points make me matter. Like, cause you know, like every tenth matters. Like there have been times where, you know, divisions have come down to point one, point two. Like you don't want to have you know, you're not focusing on your tumbling or um, something that you think is not as important because it's not weighted as heavily um, affect you. So, like, know the score sheet and, like, try to do as well as you can at the score sheet um, as possible. So that's that's my biggest, like, critique and just advice to um, coaches there. So, mm. yeah, mm -hmm. great. Anything else? I don't think so, no. Nice. Well, y'all, thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Your support fuels the next generation of aspiring collegiate cheerleaders, and it really does continue to help us be the best college cheer guides we can be. We also want to give a big shout out to this week's sponsor, Sean Christie at Sean Christie Social Media for helping make this podcast possible. Stay tuned for our next episode. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and ask us about topics or questions that you want to hear. To stay up to date with the College Cheer Guides podcast and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on our social media and check out our website at thecollegecheerguides.com.